Hello, this is Peter. And the second part of my podcast uh, relating to post-polio syndrome. Question then, what are post-polio sequelae? Post-polio sequelae include PPS, post-polio syndrome, the late effects of poliomyelitis, and these are the unexpected and often disabling symptoms such as overwhelming fatigue, muscle weakness, muscle and joint pain, sleep disorders, heightened sensitivity to anesthesia, cold and pain, as well as difficulty swallowing and breathing that occurs about 35 years after the initial poliovirus attack in 75% of paralytic and 40% of non-paralytic polio survivors. Please excuse my voice. This is one of the problems with the polio. Uh, It affected my throat. There are about 150,000 UK polio survivors and 20 million polio survivors worldwide. The existence of PPS has been verified by articles in many medical journals, including the Journal of the American Medical Association, the American Journal of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, and the New England Journal of Medicine. So question, what causes PPS? PPS are caused by decades of overuse abuse. The polio virus damaged 95% of brain stem and spinal cord motor neurons, killing at least 50% of them. Virtually every muscle in the body was affected by polio, as were brain-activating neurons that keep the brain awake and focus attention. Although damaged, the remaining neurons compensated by sending out sprouts, like extra telephone lines, to activate muscles that were orphaned when their neurons were killed. These oversprouted, poliovirus-damaged neurons are now failing and dying from overuse, causing muscle weakness and fatigue. Overuse of weakened muscles causes muscle and joint pain, as well as difficulty with breathing and swallowing. So question, how are PPS diagnosed? There is no diagnostic test for PPS, including the EMGs. PPS are diagnosed by excluding all other possible causes for new symptoms, including abnormal breathing and muscle twitching that commonly disturb polio survivors' sleep and a slow thyroid and anemia. Other neurological or muscles are also affected. Is PPS or are PPS life-threatening? No, thankfully, but because of damaged brain-activating neurons, polio survivors are extremely sensitive to and need lower doses of gas and intravenous anaesthetics and sedative medication. Polio survivors can have difficulty waking from anaesthesia and can have breathing and swallowing problems, even when given a local dental anaesthetic. The next question is, is PPS a progressive disease? PPS is neither progressive nor a disease. PPS is caused by the body tiring of doing too much work with too few poliovirus damaged 
oversprouted neurons. However, polio survivors with untreated muscle weakness were also found to lose about 7% of their remaining overworked motor neurons each year. So the following question we ask ourselves is, is there any treatment for PBS? Well, yes, there is. Polio survivors, like ourselves, need to conserve to preserve. Conserve the energy and stop overusing and abusing their bodies to preserve their abilities. Polio survivors must walk less, use needed assistive devices such as braces, canes, crutches and wheelchairs. We must plan rest periods throughout the day and stop activities before the symptoms start. Also, since many polio survivors are hypoglycemic, fatigue and muscle weakness de decrease when they eat protein at breakfast and small, more frequent, low-fat, higher-protein meals during the day. Question. Isn't exercise the only way to strengthen the weak muscles? Uh, this is where we have a problem. Um, no. Muscle strengthening exercise adds to overuse. Pumping iron and feeling the burn means that polio-damaged neurons are burning out. Polio survivors typically can't do strenuous exercise to condition their hearts, although stretching can be helpful. But whatever the therapy, it must never trigger or increase the PPS symptoms. The next question is, is treatment for PPS effective? Well, yes, the worst case is that PPS symptoms plateau when polio survivors stop overuse abuse. Most polio survivors had a significant decrease in fatigue, weakness and pain once they start taking care of themselves and any sleep disorders are also treated. However, because of emotionally painful past experiences related to having a disability, many polio survivors have great difficulty caring for themselves, slowing down and especially when looking disabled but asking for help and using assistive devices. So the next question that comes up is, so what can doctors, family and friends do to help? Polio survivors have spent their lives trying to act and look normal, using a brace they discarded in childhood and reducing overly full daily schedules is frightening and difficult. So friends and family need to be supportive of these lifestyle changes, accept survivors' physical limitations and any new assistive devices. Most importantly, friends and family need to be willing to take on taxing physical tasks that polio survivors may not be able to do, but they do in, as a, instead. But these, of course, they should not do. Doctors, friends and family need to know about the cause and treatment of PBS and listen when polio survivors need to talk about how they feel about PBS and the lifestyle changes. But friends and family should never take control of polio survivors' lives. Neither gentle reminders nor well-meant nagging will force polio survivors to eat breakfast, use a cane or rest between activities 
polio survivors need to be responsible for caring for their own bodies and ask for help when they need it. So we need some help. <clears throat> Whether you've had polio or not, please copy and post this letter to your doctors. With your help, every doctor will learn about the cause and treatment of PBS and give polio survivors the care that we all so desperately need. So thank you. This was, uh, I took this from the post-polio letter, uh, basic facts about PPS for polio survivors, doctors, families and friends. This was produced by Dr. Richard L. Bruno, chairperson of the International Post-Polio Task Force, director, the Post-Polio Institute, the International Centre for Post-Polio Education and Research, Englewood Hospital and Medical Centre in the USA. Thank you for listening and hopefully I have uh, given you some more information about PPS and how polio survivors are trying to live with this new challenging disability now. Next uh, time we'll move on to section three which is looking at each of the various uh, symptoms and how they can be managed. Thank you and goodbye.